Hello everyone and welcome back guys to another Knowing Wheel podcast. Yes, episode 40 now. We we might have got the numbers wrong last week. This, this is officially episode 40 of Knowing Wheel. And safe to say that there's, there's a lot to go through this week. But of course... As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jamie183. How how are we getting on, mate? Anything exciting in your I'm world? I'm very good. You're good? Yeah, well, I finished my exams, which is all nice. Uh, yeah, still going. Got a week off before uni. It's all it's brilliant. He's living so, life. Yeah, living at large. Working nine to five every day. You love it. <laughs> what a way to make a living, as they yep. used to say. <laughs> all those many, many years ago. I never thought we'd start a podcast in less than a minute in we were making a Dolly Parton <laughs> reference. But here we are. Wow. You know, we, Friend we of the show. Exactly. Exactly. We're going to have her on next week, talking about Formula One. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, of course, though, as always, quickly, before we dive into this, you know, just got to get my quick little bits out of the way if you are watching this on youtube and you do want to download the spot uh, the podcast on spotify of course there will be links uh, down in the comments below as always uh the f1 store as well of course is still celebrating their 2022 new lines of course we're now over halfway through the winter break we are closer to spain uh yeah spain than Not we spain. were to bahrain so that rhymes as well which is always spain? nice spain is where the first test is that's not what it means. It we're means we're even race. closer to that. Yeah, that's very true as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so of course, the new 2022 McLaren uh, merch drop has released over there. And of course, the Chinese New Year bits. There are still a few bits available if you guys are interested. I'm pretty certain... Go get your Guan Yuzhou merch. Go get your Guan Yuzhou merch. Um, I'm pretty certain the F120 off code is still working, or at least at the time of recording it still is. Uh, so you can get 20% off a lot of lines as well. And of course... Even if you just click the link down below and obviously have a look on the store, you really do help the channel out, even if you don't buy anything. Um, but yeah, like I said, Spotify link's down there as well. Jamie, we've got a lot to get through this week. It's been a busy, weird week, hasn't it, in winter? Yeah, it's it's been, for January, a very, very filled week of news. Uh, like, first of all, they announced... It's, it's very confusing, but basically they're doing like a pre-pre-season test in Barcelona, uh, in Spain, obviously. <laughs> in Barcelona, <laughs> yeah. in Mexico. I don't know why that detail <laughs> is required, but um, there we go. And yeah, there's there's no media coverage. There's not even like live timings at all. So it's basically like a shakedown for the teams to have a few more laps in the cars before the first actual test in Bahrain. Yeah. Am I right? In thinking? Yeah. So everyone kicked off on Twitter because it's not being shown, obviously. In February, you've got nothing better to do than watch cars going around at about 50% of their ability. Uh, so, yeah, do you have any massive thoughts on the on the no media stuff or what? I th- well, the reason was what I've read online, of course, behind all this is the fact that Bahrain has bought exclusive rights to pre-season testing. That's why it's being done in the way it's being done. But right. to be honest... I mean, I had that week off work anyway, so I was probably going to tune in and watch a fair bit of winter testing. But it would have been really, really interesting to see both Spain and Bahrain in comparison to each other because they're obviously two very different tracks. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you can never read that much into pre-season testing. We've said no, that no, of course. already in January. We're going to be saying it about 100 times through February, I'm sure. But yeah, or January is record, of course. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, pre-season's... Everyone gets hyped for it, but it's like as soon as you get to the first race weekend, you just forget it completely. Yes, but there we go. Yeah, for the most part, is now. I mean, Ferrari spent most of the early turbo hybrid era going quickest in pre-season testing, and yeah. that never amounted to anything <laughs> as well there. But yeah, I mean, I can understand why people are upset by it, but I can also understand, of course, if these deals have been done with Bahrain, of course, that completely overrides anything else. It's a shame. Like we often say in Formula One now, that the money has such an impact on everything. But of course, F one's a business, and it kind of always has. It's yeah. just it's more in the public light now. Exactly, exactly. As they expose themselves more to social media, of course, it is even more important. And of course, for me now, that's a good thing. If F one chased the bag, hopefully their share <laughs> price goes up. I now officially yeah. own Formula One, Jamie. So get some stonks going. Exactly. I'm hoping this season there's a 18 way scrap for the championship. Did you actually, did you actually buy those? Shares? I've actually got shares in Formula oh, One now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I own a small. Tell your friends about F1. Exactly. Go I'm gonna. If you get people in Formula One, then hopefully I'll be able to afford ramen at the end of the month or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's not the end of the world, is it? It would have been nice to have, no. but 
for me, it would have just had to been another week paid of now TV as well. Yeah. But so, not massive news, really. I don't think I don't. I'm not bothered at all by it. No, and let's be fair. There's probably going to be a leak of some sort, isn't there, from yeah. Spain anyway? Someone will go to Barcelona and just film it, break into the track, which or something. Yeah. Well, I'm good because I was genuinely tempted to go to Barcelona. Well, the tickets are super cheap for preseason. Always. Well, preseason, you basically just break in, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Like there's no security or anything. No. But yeah, there we go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so obviously a change of format then to winter testing. We'll obviously hopefully get more insight of Bahrain. Uh, obviously, and when's that? I think that's the weekend after, isn't it? It's not far behind. It's not far, no. I think yeah, it's either like quickly. is it, I think one's like the Wednesday to the Third Friday week of Feb then, or something. Yeah, so that's like the eighteenth to the tw- no. It's yeah, like no, is it? I can't, no, I think it's the week after, isn't it? It's like the twenty fourth, I want to say. Oh, I'm gonna have to Google this now, otherwise it's, it's really definitely gonna bug me. definitely mid Feb. I mean, all the cars are coming out within the next two weeks or so. Two I or thought three it weeks, was the end so. of Feb, the first test. And if you type F1 winter testing in on Google, the top thing that comes up. Oh no, it's for the actual Grand Prix. But the first thing that comes up is Spanish GP tickets. tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, then the first Bar- uh, Barcelona test series, twenty third to the twenty fifth of Feb. Preseason testing though was the tenth to the twelfth. In Bahrain. Mm-hmm. So there is a bigger gap than we thought there was then. 10th to the 12th of March. What, March? Yeah. Wow. There's only a far. week before the Grand Prix, which is rather interesting. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of changes of format to testing, we've also got, well, very subtle changes of format to the race weekend in terms of 90-minute practice sessions are back. But more importantly than that, according to Zach Brown, which is old news now because we forgot to mention it last week, but um, sprint races may not be a thing which i'm sure is music to some people's ears um i don't know what our opinions are i know for me like i i wasn't that fussed about them really like they were they were entertaining they were more entertaining than a practice session which is what they replaced obviously but if you massively care about the the dna of the sport and all that stuff then i'm guessing they like that it's gone what what are your thoughts matt i had a really odd love and i hate to admit this i had a really odd love for sprint races and i would some of it was genuinely just because I remember the British Grand Prix weekend being sat. It was a beautiful evening. It must have been about 25 degrees where I, at <laughs> home. And I was sat on a Friday night watching qualifying. And I was like, this is an absolute vibe. I love this. We kind of got yeah. a bit screwed because <laughs> the, well, the first two sprint races were a bit dull, weren't they? To be honest. I didn't watch the second one. I watched the first one at the track. Yep. So that was good fun. Um, but yeah, the third one was incredible. A Brazil yes. fair play. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I mean, it's a bit gimmicky, isn't it? It didn't make much difference to the grid that much. No. Like Brazil being the no. Only, but that's not going to happen that often. <laughs> yeah. It, so and this it, is... it won't make much difference, I don't think. And I think the other important thing was that a lot of people haven't considered with this, which I know we've briefly touched upon a couple of times, but I can't... I think... I can't remember if it was Formula One themselves or someone confirmed that someone high up in Liberty Media had said pretty much every Grand Prix venue wanted a sprint race for this year. Because wow. it <laughs> because you get people into the track on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And yeah. that sort of got yeah. my mind racing a bit because you think tracks like Malaysia, for example, that struggle to get the tickets sold, a sprint Even race China. a sprint race like, at Malaysia or Shanghai would have been phenomenal. Yeah, because like if you've ever been to a race weekend, you like you can just tell by not even knowing numbers, but just by the vibe of the track. Yeah. Friday is dead compared to Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, like exactly. I've been to three races, and well, one of them we only arrived on a Saturday. The other two, Friday was dead. So was... apart from this year, obviously, because Silverstone had everyone there yes, because it was yeah. crazy. But yeah, it would make a massive difference to the, to the actual tracks. Um, especially for the ones that struggle for money, which I'm sure Brazil appreciated this year quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm not too first either way, to be honest, if if they stay or go, but we'll see. No, it's such a weird thing, isn't it? I'm and Looking in hindsight, I'm happy they tried it. Put it that yeah, way. Yeah. I think it was a cool idea. I know it. a lot of people weren't a fan of it, and I can completely understand that, but I was happy it was... Let's be fair, it was a bit of a gimmick at the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't one that I felt that overstepped the line where I felt like F1's integrity was completely getting torn apart. Yeah, because it, it barely made a difference to the grid at all yeah. in any race, really. Exactly. 
So, but like they said, yeah, Valtteri Bottas is the all-time sprint goat. He is, isn't go. he? Yeah. <laughs> kind of, kind of mad that one, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, it's like a, a pretty much every team. This is the problem as well, isn't it? Nowadays, if you think if they'd done that twenty years ago, it could have been well and truly spicy because no one, obviously. But where you've got all the simulator data, everything now, you like like most of the teams said even before um, Britain. Obviously, they went. It's basically just a fifteen-lap race with a red flag and then a normal Grand Prix. And obviously they already yeah. knew, all knew exactly how to prepare for it and everything like that, which mm. was a bit of a shame. But that's just the way Formula 1 works nowadays, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, so they might... I mean, it's not confirmed yet. They could be back yeah. for 2022, or they might not be. No, but we'll see. no, exactly. Speaking of restructuring, though, Jamie... The FIA... Oh, that segue was so smooth. It was the s- smoothest butter, <laughs> that segue. It must be said. The FIA restructure as well has been coming in. I know you've been sort of reading into this a little bit more than me. Would you mind just sort of going into more depth than what this is exactly about? Otherwise, I'll butcher yeah. it. Yeah. Basically, people are saying... Well, the voices in the media are saying that Michael Massey probably won't return as race director, which... I'm sure you're very happy about. <laughs> I mean, it would have been insane for him to return in the same yeah. capacity. Yeah. And I think, I mean, they're actually using a bit of common sense in terms of this investigation, I, as far as I can tell, because they basically said, oh, yeah, it's quite a bad idea to have one person run the entire thing, which Charlie Whiting did an unbelievable job for many, many years. And I yes. think we took that for granted yeah. very much so. So you try and replace him with another one person who's less good at it than it all goes wrong quite quickly um so it'll probably be like split into different roles maybe some of them about the safety or when the safety car is deployed and stuff like that some of them might be race direction in terms of managing the stewards or whatever um basically just delegate delegating the roles into like three or four different people this is all according to um the head the owner of liberty media he's chase middle carey eastern. I can't no not name. chase carey no he's definitely not middle eastern um, I can't remember his name, but you don't yeah, mean Ben Al Suliam, do you? Yes, he's I do. not the head of Liberty. Oh, he's the new he's FIA the boss. Yes, that, <laughs> him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I don't know as much about this as I thought. I did, but, um, <laughs> no, he did a he did an article on the BBC or did an interview on it, which was saying a lot about yeah, trying to basically improve the processes that the FIA go through on a race weekend, which will. It's absolutely necessary, as we saw from last season. Not even just Abu Dhabi, just generally. There were so many failings, weren't there? Yeah. So, so many. Um, What I wanted to add on to that then, Jamie, just sort of a bit of a side point here. Is it finally time F1 get a consistent stewards panel for every race of the year? Because let's be fair, over the more recent years as well... It has felt more and more inconsistent, and that surely cannot be helped by the fact that the stewards are refreshed and changed each week. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, um, this is a very long stretch of a metaphor, but when I used to do league racing stewarding, (laughs) it was the the driest thing in the world, and I hated doing it. (laughs) So, it's... I mean, I guess they're going to get paid really well, obviously, and follow the F1 circus around, which is a bit different from writing on a forum once a week <laughs> but uh i can see if people don't want to do it like that it might be hard to find people but yeah I the, the current imagine. method no it... if you're getting employed by the fia it must be quite nice yeah i'll, I'll do it for them if they want uh, yeah we'll, we'll go in this is our official <laughs> notice in application yeah. to the fia please employ us we'll travel um, the world no. with you next year i think it's definitely a good idea like they always they always have is it four stewards one of which yeah. is a former driver usually someone martin brundle knows because he always mentions them on commentary um i don't know it probably is a good idea because the inconsistency is pretty outrageous like even thinking like basically depending the penalty depending on what sort of runoff you get pushed into quite often yeah yeah which just isn't isn't how i like stewarding to be done but yeah there we go i i'd be surprised if it happens for this season but i guess in the restructuring maybe it will yeah yeah you gotta hope so and again i think a lot of these decisions of course won't be made overnight will they but no, not hopefully we're going to see some change for the better in the long run within the sport which is going to be really really helpful to see yeah. we've got more confirmed 
reveals, Jamie, as well, though, from the teams. Two more this you week. You want to run us down? I have no idea when they are, so it's all of you. <laughs> so, Alpha Tauri, they've decided that they're going to be the only thing I'm going to be looking at on Valentine's Day this year. <laughs> they're going to be yep, released same. on Feb 14th. We, we'll do it together then, Jamie. We'll, well, oh, I mean, we're going to cover like it on date. the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, Alpine have confirmed their car's going to be revealed on the 14th of February. Alpine, the L plan is complete, I reckon. They're releasing it on 212 day, otherwise known as my birthday. Yes, oh, wow. for those of you that didn't know why I have 212 in my channel name, <laughs> it's that lack of creativity. My birthday is just the 21st of Feb, um, so that's why Alpine are releasing it then. I'm joining the team. We're g- I'm going to steer them through <laughs> with all my F1 2021 My Team yep. knowledge, and we're, we're going to win a world title together next year. Watch this space. Sando Alonso, title number three. three. It would actually champion. be incredible. I would really rate it. I'm not a massive Alonso fan, but it must be if, if I mean hypothetically, Alpine turned up with the best car. Yep. Alonso wins the championship. Yep. Surely that's the record for the longest time. By a long shot. I'm pretty certain Lauda still has the record, and that was what seven years. Yeah. So from what 06 to 2022, that's like people was could have been born or was since it then. More? No, no, I think it was 1977, 1984, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously so, Hamilton weren't far behind that. Schumacher wasn't far behind that either. No, I guess not, yeah. It's kind of but mad. It's, no one's ever done more than 10 years, and it would be 16 years for Alonso. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. God, but that's worrying, isn't it? Obviously, Alpine might turn up with the slowest car. We don't actually know. But yeah. L-Plan. Get Alonso out of the sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, more news. Uh, talking to Fernando Alonso, one of his better circuits, uh, Singapore is here to stay yeah first apparently. debut winner singapore yeah won the first ever Grand no Prix controversy there. Like... there imagine if f1 twitter had been around then imagine well, nico rosberg was a deserved winner of that race finishing second obviously um he got saved as well so... by the safety car though didn't he yeah, well he benefited yeah. he didn't he didn't cause it though like the safety car well, happen, didn't the cause safety car. The safety car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it's here to stay i really like i, I love singapore it's one of my favorite races of the season so I'm happy to see it stay. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Like, Singapore is certainly one of those tracks that it is an event. Yeah. Never yeah. very that good a race, though, is it? No. I mean, for me, I really like Monaco. Singapore's basically just Monaco. With the chat night, so the cars look better. Yeah. And, like, you can actually pass if you do get stuck behind someone. Yes, yeah. So, and I don't know, course, I really like Singapore. another track where qualifying is really good to watch. Yeah. Yeah, very, very good. So, yeah, Singapore, though, like we said, extended till 2028. Actually, quite a good little extension there mm. from them. Um, yeah, I don't really know, sort of, when we look at Singapore. I don't. I think it's obviously here. I mean, 20 years, then, it'll have been on the calendar, which is kind of That's mad crazy. when you think about it, isn't it? It still feels like a new track. That's yeah. mad. I'm old. Yeah. That's bad. Could he, I'm trying to think whether it could desperately do with some tweaks, though. But obviously, it's a street track, so you can't really do a lot. But I'm just sort of looking at the layout of it, thinking... I think the last sector maybe make it a bit more smooth, like under the um, stadium section, like turn... Get rid of that tweak. double chicane, I reckon. Make it yeah, straight yeah. across. And then maybe make turn one a bit more open, or a bit more closed, sorry, like a more of a hairpin. And then you maybe have a chance into that. I was also thinking... Round where the Singapore sling used to be, get rid of the next tight right-hander and just make it a faster flowing section into the Anderson Bridge. Maybe, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the problem is that should really be an overtaking zone over the bridge and then the next right-hander. Yeah. But because the straight is so short, it's basically from a standing start yeah. almost from like 60 mile an hour, basically. It's basically just a squirt it's, of throttle it's and send it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Felipe Massa style. OG. That was incredible. Best move I mean, it was by accident, wasn't it? I'm pretty certain yeah. that's admitted because he was just like, <laughs> he was horrendously out of control. Exactly. Because was it Senna or was it Maldonado? It was Bruno Senna. It was Senna because he Senna. literally hit squeezed him into the barrier. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, so much nostalgia as always. Those were the days. Those were the days. Speaking of tracks, though, an interesting one. This one, Jamie. I was quite surprised to read this this week. Las Vegas could be coming to Formula One. We're really yeah. going from oil money to gambling money. Yeah. That would be so fun. I would love a race in Las Vegas just for just for the fun of it, really. I mean... It would either yeah, be it, incredible or completely awful. Yeah. It would kind of... It reminds me of when Miami were trying. Is that, that's been scrapped now, hasn't it? Miami? Oh, no. Miami's, Miami's on the, the calendar. First, <laughs> no, I mean the in. first track at Miami. The, 
the one that they, they did like prototypes of the first track and hamilton it was basically over a motorway bridge and back again oh god yeah i remember that i did a like someone put that on a set of corsa so i did yeah. a video on it and then i got absolutely lambasted because it turns out the track was the wrong way around yeah yeah <laughs> was that... yeah someone had modded it that's in back fair. to front that's a stupid mistake to make yeah. but yeah i, I mean miami should be fun kota will be always fun i i mean i i think three races in one in one country might be a bit overkill but it's a very big country yeah this is the thing isn't so, it they're really really they're pushing, pushing the us they? market <laughs> I, yeah. I think I haven't I haven't seen any track maps yet. I don't think they exist. No, no, not yet. They um, want it going down the strip though. They have confirmed that. Yeah, that'd be so fun. That'd be so cool. I mean, imagine <laughs> that. Just Martin Rundle or David Croft going and under the fake Eiffel Tower they go. <laughs> it's just about... I'm just imagining Ted Kravitz on the grid just blending in. Oh no, <laughs> the Las Vegas life. It's just there you with a lot of chain smoking old people that are wondering <laughs> where the next fruit is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, apparently, it's meant to be. They're looking at twenty twenty three. I think they said originally. Yeah, I saw. I saw twenty three. But twenty twenty four looks soon. more likely. Yeah, twenty twenty three seems very soon. Well, it's next year. It's yeah, next season, and it depends on when the calendar, when in the calendar it would be, obviously. But yeah, twenty twenty four, Las Vegas. The problem is with getting all these new tracks is that some are going to drop off. And oh, well, <laughs> this is the keeps... problem, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just thinking. I'm sorry. I'm just quickly having a look back of the last time F1 hosted three Grand Prix in America. It's probably like eighties. It was nineteen. I'm pretty certain it was nineteen eighty four. But I feel like pretty much every race had something that went badly wrong for it. But I'm just trying to remember. Street tracks, weren't they, in the nineteen eighties? So people like yeah. Well, cars broke down at the time because it was too hot in one of the tracks, and like. So you yeah. had Detroit, Dallas. Did they have another one in 84? Doesn't look like they did. Why did I think there were three? Would it not have been Caesars Palace? Or was that Caesars? Oh, then? no, that was 82, wasn't it? I think, yeah, I'm a couple of years too far in front. Because, no, because I think Detroit was only ran, like, once. Or Dallas, no, Dallas, yeah. I think, was only ran once because the track just completely burned out because the NIMS are raced beforehand yeah. on the day before. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's... Well, the USA has the record for the most number of tracks raced at for one country. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Which is... And they're going to add, what, two more to that in the next three years, yeah. if this is to be believed. Here we go. Sorry, it was 1982. So you had the US Grand Prix West, which was Long Beach. I mean, it looks like an awful layout at Long Beach they've done for this, but... <laughs> what is that layout? Sorry, I've just seen this. It's completely thrown me off. That Long Beach has changed, man, and for the better... Well, I'll tell it's you been what, forty years since then, to be fair. Yeah, but I mean, even Long Beach now, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was Grand Prix number three of the year. Then you went back to Belgium, Monaco, and San Marino, and then they went to Detroit, which yeah, was, that was another street track. Wasn't that it? was was that the track that went over a bridge? Oh no, over a train track, or was that Dallas? That, it was the one where someone spun around and then carried on. No, that was that was Keke Rosberg. That was at Long Beach. Oh, never mind. And then, I'm getting very sidetracked of here. Of course, the Caesars <laughs> Palace Grand Prix, the ultimate meme. Oh, what a race. How that track had... FIA grade one. <laughs> but I think, how on earth did it stay on the calendar for more than one year? Was incredible. Of course, that was Las Vegas. I, didn't, I forgot yeah, that. Yeah, that was Las Vegas. That we're, going was, we're going back to Caesars Palace. <laughs> if you have never watched or don't know what Caesars Palace is, just put it into YouTube. It's basically a race around a car park outside a casino. It's it was horrendous. the dumbest thing like Formula yeah. One I've, it's arguably yeah up there it's one of the dumbest things Formula One's done in terms of like a venue yeah <laughs> it just it did because the thing was as well no one knew in America what Formula One was still so they were basically looking at some not indie cars that were going <laughs> around a either. car park <laughs> and no one watched it at all yeah. <laughs> it was awful it was I mean we weren't around in 82 to tell you that but no, from watching YouTube exactly, it, exactly. It's, it's terrible it's also where <laughs> Carlos Reutemann lost his championship wasn't it to Keke Rosberg yeah it must have been um, it, as a, I mean it doesn't add much to the conversation but no. it's also what <laughs> happened I suppose it meant that the Rosbergs were the only father-son champions apart from the hills apart so from the hills yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny do you know every driver that's racing in Formula 1 with the surname Hill has won a world title that's a good going that's very good going Graham, Obviously Damon Phil. and Phil 
Yeah. Pretty decent. Again, doesn't add much to the conversation, no, but this is the kind of pointless <laughs> stuff I know. Perfect for a Formula One podcast. Talking of pointless, oh, look at that segue. Oh, that Unbelievable was stuff. Beautiful. Fair play, I wouldn't have come up with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Thursdays in the F1 world are now gone. Um, I mean, they still exist in the real world, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yes, they're being moved to Friday. So the the media day has been scrapped. It's been put into an hour and a half block before first practice um, to get all of your media work done, which is not at all a bad thing. I, mean, I don't get why people <laughs> are worried about this. Yeah, I not at all. It, like the thing is, they're doing twenty three races next year. You think? Yeah. If you have to get the last bit set on a Thursday night, and that includes, you know, reassembling Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen, just, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Surely a lot of people aren't watching the actual media day. I mean, can, where can you even watch it? I don't think you can. Is it even, it's, like, available It's not live watch? broadcast anyway. No. Like, and you, you will still get the same content just a day later. Yeah, it doesn't so, make any difference. It makes no difference at all. And also makes it way easier for the teams because there's an extra day to do like traveling in yeah, transit. Yeah. There's an extra, well, a day less for every member of staff in the entire paddock. <laughs> like 23 less days working a year is a nice thing. Yep. So there's there's no downside. I don't see why people are annoyed, but this is F1 Twitter for you. So it, if you're not on it, stay away. Exactly. <laughs> it also means as well, because this was sort of like a bit of a weird side announcement that was confirmed with this this week. Monaco is being pushed into yeah. a three-day weekend, which Monaco was always a bank holiday weekend. Hmm. I mean, I didn't know that. It was what in the UK? No, or in Monaco? In Monaco. Right. <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, yeah. I mean, there'll be no massive parties on this Thursday night anymore, will there? Which I think's kind of. I again, it was sort of always that weird one, isn't it? Of Monaco Grand Prix. Think, oh, it's Thursday. I'll watch practice. But now saying that, I feel like I've been able to watch it the last couple of years, and I work Thursdays. So I'm not sure that's yeah. changed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess the drivers never go that crazy anymore anyway with parties, but they'll still be doing something on Friday night, I imagine, just for the sake of it, to go and dress up like... Well, they've got to do all, like, the, pa- <laughs> like, the stuff, Ambalance isn't stuff, isn't it? Yeah, mm. and all that sort of thing. But Get your face in the papers. Exactly, exactly. Let's, let's go to it. Yeah. That, this is our application as well. If you want <laughs> us on the catwalk at the Ambalance... If you work at the Ambalance... Get, we are two models up. ready to <laughs> hit us up. We are down, and we are ready to party. We're going to be like James May Absolutely. when he's talking about Hammersmith. Oh when yeah, he's in Monaco on that boat. It's very much I like Monaco, Tim, actually. Mister Tim O'Glock, <laughs> <laughs> which my mum for many years thought was a team. She always used oh, to ask, "How's wow. that O'Glock team doing?" <laughs> Genuinely, we're getting horrendously sidetracked. We, we really again, are. We do apologise. Another weird sort of announcement this week. Then Honda. After leaving Red Bull at the end of this year, you know, that dramatic championship <laughs> for many wrong reasons that they were able to claim, have now said they're going to continue fully supplying Red Bull until 2025. This just... It's basically Braun 2.0, isn't it? Now, Honda are going to... kind of saw it coming. Yeah, exactly. Honda are going to suddenly build a rocket ship next year and they're not going to get any credit. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, it's engine freeze anyway this year, isn't it? But the year after. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, you could kind of tell throughout the year they've been saying more and more like, oh, we might we might stick around, we might help our Red Bull a bit. Yeah. And then now they win a championship and they're in for the long haul. So I don't know what that means for Red Bull powertrains. I guess they still have to be... But it's still going to be branded now. as Red Bull powertrains. It's yeah. just going to be Honda are sending it over and then they just put stickers over it. Yeah, like when they had Tag Heuer to cover up the fact that it was powered by Cyril Abibble. Yes, so. Cyril Abibble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, a good time to be a Red Bull fan um, because I I have a lot more faith in Honda making engines than Red Bull. <laughs> I mean, personally, the drinks manufacturer. This could mean that come 2025, Red Bull are well and truly screwed. How come? Well, if they've had no experience of trying to do anything to build an engine up to that point. Oh, yeah. But say they dominate the sport between now and then, Honda will stick around even longer, won't they? Oh, I don't think. It depends what dramatic change they make next, doesn't it? Because I yeah, still I think they're going to go to Porsche for 2025. Hence why... V- VW. It's the same people, isn't it? No. No, it's no. not. I think VW then. I think VW are going to go to McLaren and Red Bull are going to go Porsche. Hence why, as well as now owning Formula 1, I also now own Porsche. 
Genuinely, I've made investment <laughs> decisions based on Formula One. How dumb am I? I mean, to be fair, it's a good it's a good strategy because you know a lot more about F one than you do about like Bitcoin. Well, exactly. Or any, any exactly. Other crypto, like. <laughs> I thought I'm gonna actually make some investment decisions. Yeah, based on Formula One. So if you see me well, buying a lot of Porsche Red Bull hats in the future, and suddenly <laughs> I've become a, uh, not Lungard. Tag you a watch yeah. on your wrist. Um, <laughs> no, I, when obviously we all get on on board the Hauger hype train. And he brings home 16 titles to Porsche, and my share price goes up a million percent. You're living the dream. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You're living the dream, baby. You said you feel confident in Red Bull, though. No, I did. Well. You just did. Don't try and change your words now. Hang on. What do you think I said? You said you now feel more confident in Red Bull over the next few years. Oh, yeah. I. I mean, I have more faith in Honda than I do in Red Bull powertrains. Yes. That's what I meant. Right, okay. So. That makes me more hopeful because when you're starting something from scratch, there's a high chance it goes wrong in Formula One. I think we're talking about completely different things here. I was I'll trying try. to set up a perfect segue to the next discussion oh, point. Apologies, I <laughs> and thought you, you just ruined it. <laughs> we were doing so well up to then. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's start that again, Jamie. Let's let's the refocus and get back into. The... <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a find it and grind it kind of gear change. <laughs> Right. So, Jamie, you're saying you feel a lot more confident in Red Bull this year. Is that right? Yes, Matt, I am, actually. I think they're going to win the championship. Now, interestingly (laughs) enough, Jamie, Red Bull this week, it's been highly rumoured, failed the crash test for their 2022 car. It's apparently they've got found all the pace they did in the R16B. Yes, it bugs me they've missed the RB17, We've jumped straight to RB18. Yeah, this is RB18 now, isn't it? But apparently, yeah, it didn't pass the crash test. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if his news is true to begin with. We also don't know... Well, we basically do know it's not going to make any difference to anything. Well, I mean, unless so... they have to turn into the first race of the year with bricks on the front wing to make sure it passes. Because <laughs> that'd be way safer than Carlin <laughs> Fire, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of these slow news weeks that you often get in winter where they publish any article they want so i'd be surprised if there's any difference made to the, the car generally or the season as a whole so if you uh come back to in come back to us in november and we won't even remember that's even a news article no so. no exactly exactly <laughs> but of course perhaps that explains why we haven't got a red bull release date yet yeah yeah so they're still waiting to announce aren't they yes yeah we've got four more to go haven't we now williams red bull alf for Romeo and Haas, I think. Haas, yeah. Or have maybe they have Red Bull are setting themselves up to be backmarkers this year, aren't they? In esteemed company yeah, yeah. there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, though we've we've sort of we've seen rumours about Red Bull not passing it. We've seen more rumours about them. To be fair, there were a couple of There's ones about, about Ferrari and Mercedes not passing the new squeeze test this year for side impacts, which was rather interesting. And then Mercedes completely just swept that under the rug with a tweet literally a couple of hours ago before this podcast yeah. <laughs> saying the F, uh, the W13 completed homologation on January 13th. And of course, yeah, that's getting revealed on the 18th of February before we forget. Of course, Jamie and I will be back reacting to all the liveries uh, when oh, they yeah. are released. Um, Absolutely. But it kind of brings us on then to one of our final sort of actual news talking points before we go into a couple of other little discussions ferrari apparently i mean we're we're all aboard ferrari being true front runners again this year <laughs> apparently they've got a better engine than everyone according to an article jamie has linked me i'm gonna make that very <laughs> I clear mean, yeah as a former history a level student i did not check the source of this at all <laughs> i saw it retweeted onto my timeline and copied it to matt so it was it by a Turkish rubbish. Twitter account with 120,000 followers. Yeah, so it's it's slightly credible. It's, I mean, maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but yeah, it's only about the power units. Ferrari say they found something in the power unit, which I mean they did that in 2019. It turned out to be illegal. So never got confirmed, but yeah, yeah it was. I love <laughs> how people can argue against that still. You're like, how did they suddenly lose so much time over one weekend? Yeah. And then at one winter as well, going from second fastest car to about seventh fastest yes, car. Yes, yeah. But we'll wait and see. Obviously, plenty of newspapers basically write random predictions in their, in their papers to get some clicks. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Alpine fastest car next Hence year. Hence why obviously. we've titled this video How Alex Albon is going to win the 2022 World Championship. <laughs> Williams have yep, discovered absolutely. they could put six turbos in the car. Yep. That Latifi's going to beat him because he's the GOAT. So, yeah. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, there's so much speculation at the minute. Brand new cars, brand new, basically brand new formula. And no car's been revealed yet at all. No one knows anything about the pay, pecking order at all. And we won't until qualifying three in Bahrain. So and even that doesn't always tell the full picture. It no, it doesn't. It takes a few races. At all. No, we've we got to yeah. learn what's going on. I miss the good old days between like F1 2008 and 2009 where like there would be dramatic changes of pace over the course week of the year. Week to week, yeah. That, there was... Toyota run two in Bahrain in quality. That was, we loved that. Yeah, I mean, 09, wasn't it? Because they had about an ounce of fuel on board. Exactly, but... <laughs> and then completely threw away the race pretty much immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so is this Ferrari's year? Are we all aboard the How the Hype train? Only one of those is definitely true. Yep. Let's go into, again, <laughs> this is obviously the Knowing Wheel podcast. So far, we've spoke about news. Let's talk more, well, we call it opinions, but of course we know these things, so they're not really opinions, Jamie. Yeah, just preemptive facts is what I prefer to call exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> There's a handful of drivers on the grid for 2022 that this is well and truly make or break for them, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's the same every year. Obviously, F1 is a massive pressure kettle anyway. So, yeah, I mean, if obviously if you don't perform at all, you're going to get dropped quite quickly. But there's certain drivers which this is definitely like last year of contract maybe, or they underformed last year. They've got to pick it up. So yeah, we're going to have a quick discussion about who who we think is under pressure. So why don't you start us off? Well, we've picked out three today, haven't we? Yeah. So let's start then. Two of them are quite similar, so I think it's fair we put those together. Let's uh, let's just go through the order that we had them down then, Jamie. First up, 2022 make or break, surely, is Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, I think so. Just mostly, in my opinion anyway, like he's a fully capable driver, that everyone knows that, but for value for money almost i mean obviously mclaren aren't exactly tight they haven't been brilliant in recent years they've not been brilliant no but yeah for the amount of money they're paying daniel ricardo compared to lando norris especially he has to be basically trouncing him which didn't happen last year at all. or at the very least level at the very least matching yeah (laughs) like i think ricardo is the third highest paid driver in the sport or maybe fourth uh, so, fourth, I think now, because obviously Alonso's come back on an insane oh, yeah, contract. How on earth yeah. Alpine have—they <laughs> must have spent so much time looking down the back of the sofa for twenty mil to pay Alonso. Yeah. It's kind of mad. Crazy. <laughs> but yeah, Ricardo's paid a hell of a lot of money compared to Lando Norris, and he's underperforming last year anyway. So hopefully, I mean, I don't think he'll be out of the sport. I think there'll be teams that want to pick him up. But in terms of his career at McLaren, it's. Yeah, going to be interesting, especially as McLaren's one of those teams where, if people are kicked out of other seats, the likes of like my mind immediately goes to like Perez or Gasly could easily be out of their teams at the end of the year. Yeah, like McLaren are the sort of team that would think we can pay Perez or Gasly about a fifth what we're paying Ricardo, yes. and they won't yeah. do much worse. So Perez like, going yeah. back to McLaren? Reckon that's oh, yeah, possible? That. <laughs> it could be possible. You heard it here first. Heard Maybe it here not. First. <laughs> and probably last. Um, must be added as well of course Ricardo actually came out in quite an interesting interview this week discussing that he does completely see his future with McLaren and I think this is something that of course we 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 absolutely bless him love him to bits we went completely wild for Carlos Sainz last year but I think what we forgot about and a lot of people forgot about as well was Ferrari weirdly, because this is so un-Ferrari, was so wildly accommodating to Carlos Sainz, which none of the other teams were for their new drivers. Yeah, Sainz said he was yeah. allowed to use his like McLaren clutch things at Ferrari, like the clutch paddles and things mm. like that. They completely redid the steering wheel for him. And obviously, like Ricardo and other drivers said, they got none of that to the teams they moved to. This is why Sainz was so strong with Ferrari, where other drivers really struggled. Yeah, Science was definitely the the best of the ones that moved teams. You think like oh, better yeah, by long Perez, Ricardo all really struggled for the, especially the start of the season. Science 
was hit the ground running. Sainz, so. yeah, took the first couple of weekends. He struggled a bit in Imola, didn't he? But then yeah. you sort of got towards Spain, Monaco, when he was Monaco, on it, yeah. pretty much from then on. And, of course, Charles Leclerc was probably, out of all those drivers that did move teams, the best teammate to be going up against, or the hardest teammate yeah. to go up against. Yeah, for sure. And we just rated Leclerc above Norris, so that'll get the Twitter going. Exactly. I mean, it's <laughs> facts still at the end of the day, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, Lando yeah. could easily be Leclerc's level, but Leclerc is, I still rate as proper gravy. Third third best on the grid. Yeah, certainly. Right in that debate, isn't he? Um, yeah. Looking, though, at the three drivers we've got, though, Ricardo is definitely the one I believe will step up this year. I think I have for the most... I mean, the end of last season, he was picking it up slowly there were still some off weekends but like i think he had what five top five finishes in the last yes the second yeah. half of the season. lando went downhill as well a bit let's yeah, ever since did. russia um, had a lot of bad luck as well lando. that's also very um, true but yeah ricardo he definitely absolutely has the ability to pick it up oh like, yeah he's nine time eight time race winner nine. for a reason nine yeah I think. one of i think only two drivers to win with two different manufacturers in the hybrid yep, era him and perez which is pretty ridiculous really <laughs> but yeah i think he'll pick it up i don't the, the other thing certain drivers have people breathing down their necks with waiting for a seat basically like what well, piastri or alpine is one of them but ricard not ricardo mclaren don't really have any one like potentially pato award but i think he's a bit too young still yeah so straight into an f1 seat pato is one of those really old ones where i'd love to see him get an f1 seat but i just can't see mclaren ever taking the risk as yeah. much as I, would I think love there's so many him. yeah there's so many junior formula like direct junior series drivers from f2 coming up that i don't think someone from indycar will get a look in no no and i think this is the other thing isn't it as well when you look at ricardo because i can genuinely see him being a driver that does other projects with mclaren when he's done with formula one i can see him yeah. go into indycar for a couple of years doing that yeah, sort of yeah. thing i can see him doing the Bathurst 12 hours back at home and things like that as well. And I think Ricardo and McLaren are one of those odd little combos. Where a bit like McLaren with JB, wasn't it? Like, oh, yeah. He's iconic great, yeah. with McLaren for us yeah. now. But until he moved there, you never would have thought he would have ended up there. Yeah. And he was such, like... He was almost more valuable to McLaren as a brand. Yeah. Because he did so much good work PR-wise yeah. that... He was obviously a good driver as well, but towards the end, especially when they had not much to fight for on track, he was so useful for the team in terms of keeping morale up as much as anything else, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of someone else that's basically just here. Oh no, that's a bit brutal, isn't it? Speaking about someone else only here for PR. <laughs> I know who you're going to say. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel's it's... surely got to find something this year. Yeah, yeah, he's got to. I mean, he yeah, he wasn't terrible. We're not saying like, he obviously beat his teammate, but his teammate Lance Stroll yeah. at the end of the day he's a four-time champion third most wins of all time in F1 yep he should be beating some billionaire's kid yep not to disrespect Lance Stroll who's a capable driver but yeah he should be doing better um it's I don't I don't see him like getting the boot but no, similar to yet. Ricardo like he's on huge money and didn't really surpass expectations that much compared to Stroll. This is the thing, wasn't it, with Seb? He had a couple of brilliant races. Let's not forget, like I always point out, had Lance not had his puncture <laughs> at Baku, they probably would have basically been tied on points come the end of the year. And you can talk about Hungary all you like. Rules are rules. Disqualifications happen. Exactly. So get over Make it. Make sure you put enough fuel in your car. Yep. Not that difficult, surely. Yeah. And Aston Martin, again, is one of those ones where they're pumping so much money into yeah. every aspect of their team that if there is another driver, say Gasly again, or one of the Al like Ocon potentially could get booted from Alpine if Piastri's doing really well. Like, although Ocon got a contract, then he never mind. Yeah. But you know what I mean. There's plenty of drivers who would be eyeing up a seat at a factory team with lots of money. Yes. If yeah. Sebastian Vettel doesn't perform again. Not technically a factory team, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the thing as well, isn't it, for Sebastian, it's not in the same regard as Daniel Ricciardo. I just can't help but feel for Seb. If this year's not very good and it doesn't look like Aston Martin are going to make very much progress into 2023, he might just, he might just think, actually, like, you know what, yeah, I've had enough. And to be honest, like yeah, would you blame him? No. 
not to. He's led a very strong like, legacy in the sport, and when you look back at the way he used to drive between twenty third, what twenty ten, and really what we say thirteen particularly eleven thirteen fifteen as well. Yeah, very good and seventeen. Season. I think he was and seventeen for the decent. most part. Yeah, yeah, seventeen was definitely a car that could have fought for a world championship. Twenty eighteen was definitely the car that should have won a world championship. Yeah, <laughs> you just think. Yeah. Seb probably doesn't want to do this again. He's got such a love for the sport, though, doesn't he? As well, like you, it's yeah. one of the things that again, neither of us are Sebastian Vettel fans, but I think we can both admit when he was rattling off every single world champion, all the records yeah, are falling. It was craziness. You've but... got to think, fair play. You can appreciate yeah, a long he time loves ago the now. Sport. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And you know he's tried to emulate Michael Schumacher by rebuilding Ferrari. He's now trying to emulate Michael Schumacher by rebuilding a midfield team, but he hasn't done either. He hasn't done either very well so far. Two very different um, midfield teams. Yeah, I guess. Although Benetton, oh no, Benetton are now Renault or Alpine, aren't they? Yeah. I was going to say that Benetton are now Aston Martin. But that's I sorry, I thought you meant Mercedes. To be honest, that's oh, why no, I, I got thrown off. Benetton back in the day. <laughs> no, but then again, you know, like. We said it many times. Aston Martin could rock up with a world-beating car and just—you just don't know. Yeah, we could genuinely be looking at the end of the year, going, "Seb hasn't lost any of it." Who remembers 2018? But yeah, yeah. And again, the thing is, like we said, neither of us are big Seb fans. But as no. a guy, you want to see him there, don't you? Yeah, just yeah. you. He's, you want to see a bit of that magic again. To be honest, he does so well for the sport as well. He like, is a huge ambassador for sport. Mm. Exactly. So, I mean, we've spoken about two of the older guys. It's mad, isn't it, that Daniel Ricciardo is part of the old guy? <laughs> Let's talk about a yeah. young driver, then, that has to deliver this year. Yuki Sonoda. Probably, mm. in many ways, a bit unlucky with him being one of the three rookies this year. Of course, Mick and Nikita are pretty safe at Haas if they can't go anywhere else for a couple more years. Sonoda, though. Yeah. Red Bull have got, what, six drivers in F2 this year? He has... Yeah absolutely got to perform you imagine if any of those drivers that Red Bull have in F2 get the super license points Halga. they're probably on their way Halga hype train baby all, yeah it is going to be Halga but even if Lawson uh, who else is I mean I don't think Daruvula will Daruvula unless Prema yeah gone. and Daruvula somehow make it I mean Prema yeah. could completely carry like Prema tax OP yeah I, I do think that Halga or Lawson are the likely ones but either of those will absolutely be buying up the AlphaTauri seat and we've seen Red Bull do this before they give a driver two years three years if they don't if they don't look like a world beater they're gone whilst waiting so. yeah whilst they have other drivers waiting in the wings yeah yeah so big year for Sonoda he picked it up a bit in Abu Dhabi but other than that he basically went 20 races anonymously in the middle of the season yeah yeah at start so. of the year basically Sonoda needs the entire calendar to be in the Middle East that isn't Jeddah yeah he wants night races everywhere yeah Apart from Jeddah. Apart from Jeddah again. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a big year for Sonoda. I, I, I think I have faith in him improving, but then he had a good race in Abu Dhabi, like really good race in Abu Dhabi, but one swallow doesn't make a summer. No. So he's got to pick it up. Red Bull, we know how cutthroat they are, and it's been a successful policy for in the most part. They've got two world champions out of it. So, yeah, yeah we'll have to wait and see. But it's a big year for Sonoda. I really am not sure with Sonoda the thing is again I love the kid I think he's oh, yeah. brilliant and he is really funny as well I think he's a good personality to have on the sport and I get a lot of people are like oh look at him he's so cute I just want to pick him up <laughs> like yeah no remember he's a professional racing driver he's a day older than me he and, is a day yeah. older than you isn't he he's younger <laughs> than me god how depressing is that but yeah I love Sonoda being there but if for me, I just can't help but think he's going to be one of those Red Bull drivers we look at back in five years ago. Had he gone to this team, he could have done quite well. <laughs> but he's also unlucky with the fact he's up against Prime Gasly at the moment, who desperately... Yeah, Gasly's doing so well. Sonoda will keep a seat if Gasly moves on, I think will be the key. Yeah, but I think, I, in my opinion at least, as obviously the, the correspondent AlphaTauri expert, um, if... I don't think Gasly will go out of his way to look for a seat. I yeah, think it'll it's be a really case odd, of, isn't it? Like, because AlphaTauri, unless they suddenly like bank markers again, they he's quite comfortable there. He really likes the team, so 
unless he gets forced out because Snowden does really well and they don't want to bin him and then you've got Hauger, Lawson, whoever coming up then they'll probably move Gasly on which sounds terrible because obviously they know like Gasly's a very very good driver but he's never going to be a world champion for Red Bull so therefore Red Bull don't see any value in having him yeah unless of course something so. <laughs> happens with Perez isn't it Would yeah, yeah. They, could they put Gasly back in Red Bull for 23 I still don't think they've got the the humbleness no. and the humility that's the I, word yeah. <laughs> very very difficult isn't it Red Bull yeah. are known for making some odd decisions aren't they yeah so I think Snowden's basically got his destiny in his own hands if he performs he's going to probably keep the seat another year yeah if he doesn't, then goodbye. Basically. Exactly, exactly. It's very, very difficult, isn't it? But all will become clear probably by midsummer because, of course, everything now gets confirmed far too early, and then we get no sort of yeah. winter hype. Um, Summer hype. Yeah. No, I meant winter hype at the end of the year when oh, all contracts right, aren't yeah. confirmed yet. Anything else to add, though, Jamie? We've had a really good little news week, haven't we? Yeah, surprising for the last week in January to actually have content to talk about it feels um, like we're starting to get ready for the new season now i don't know about you but it feels like mm. like when you compare it to christmas i feel like we're in early december now you know it's starting to, you just you're starting to <laughs> count down the days open. yeah exactly exactly every day we just got that little extra piece of news now which is becoming more and more exciting yeah so lots to look forward to this time next week we'll be a couple of days away from car reveals so that's yes yeah good, we will won't we good times are coming exactly exactly but yeah, like I said, though, of course, at the start of the podcast, you know, if you do want to check these out on Spotify, there will be links down below, of course, like I said as well, at F1 Merch Store. Definitely go have a look around, you know, Chinese New Year, like we said, a few extra lines available, 20% off a lot of items on store as well, and, of course, McLaren's new drop. But thank you all, as always, so much for listening. If you have enjoyed, do make sure you leave a like, get yourself subscribed, get following, everything like that, all that good stuff. And, yeah, we'll be back next week. We might be covering more news. If it's a really dead week, then we might be doing something else a little bit different. Uh, but Jamie, as always, just want to say thank you to you as well for coming on. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week out with more Knowing Wheel. <laughs>